This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Sports presents Big Time Baseball. Fly ball back in the deep right center field. Lorenzo King. And we've got you covered with the best in the business. Deep down the left field line. It's gone. Manny Machado breaks it open with a three run shot. With veteran play by play voice Josh Lewin. A slam ball game. And MLB insider John Heyman. His numbers would look so much better if there weren't guys compiling 600 home runs. Each week will feature a comprehensive look at Major League Baseball, the biggest stories, and a breakdown of the divisions leading up to the 2019 championship race. Harper to center, way back. See you later. It's all right here on Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball. Brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. Radio.com and Sports presents Big Time Baseball. It's brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class alongside John Heyman. I'm Josh Lewin, and we appreciate you finding the podcast yet again every week. We bring you insight into the top storylines across the big leagues, get a rundown of the happenings in every division. John's got his insider segment, Big Time Baseball, part of Radio.com, allowing you to listen to your favorite radio stations free of charge anytime, anywhere. Listen to over 300 stations, over 1,100 podcasts, you can explore by location or genre to find music, news, and sports all across the country. So, got a really jam-packed show today. Two managers who know each other very well, Alex Cora and Tori Lavello. Keith Hernandez is going to join us, not just to talk about the flavor of the day, but let's start with the flavor of the day, because uh, Sunday, Pete Alonso hit his 27th home run. He broke Daryl Strawberry's Mets record well before July for rookies. That's amazing. Only the Mets could make that a footnote the day that it happened because it was Mickey Calloway and Jason Vargas against mild-mannered Newsday beat reporter Tim Healy uh, <laughs> in the visiting clubhouse octagon at Wrigley. And, John, the very strange fighting words were apparently, see you tomorrow, Mickey. And we both know <laughs> Tim Healy a little bit. This is not an, an instigator. He's not Sasha Baron Cohen doing Borat. I mean, you know, if this was Hollywood, he's closer to Tom Hanks than Gary Busey. So... Was this a simple case of a frustrated manager who just got mad as hell and couldn't take it anymore, so to speak? Or is there more to it than that? He's absolutely frustrated. And I sympathize with Mickey to a degree. I understand right now it's tough in New York, and especially now with Twitter 
the beat writers. When I was a beat writer, we'd write game stories and we'd maybe subtly insert a little opinion. Now the beat writers come out with a strong and sometimes snarky opinion. And I'm not saying Tim does this in particular, but right away on Twitter. And, you know, even if Mickey Calloway is not following Twitter uh, minute to minute, uh, he certainly has heard that uh, it's been kind of negative, the coverage of him. The Mets have had a little positive stuff with Alonzo, as you mentioned, and McNeil and some of the other things that have gone on. But it's been basically universally negative on Mickey Calloway. And I think he just reached a boiling point. I mean, I've been there as a beat writer, afraid to ask questions. And I'm usually afraid I would usually I would upset people with what I wrote sometimes. But I can remember one or two times where I really upset somebody with what I asked. And in this case, see you tomorrow. I believe Tim Healy, the Newsday beat writer, all he meant was we'll see you tomorrow, Mickey. But Mickey being in the situation that he is, I think he's wondering how many tomorrows he has, yes. and he saw that as something as a snide. I think he mistook it. They, they're obviously going to talk it over and try to get past this, but, uh, you know, this is not a great look for the Mets and for Mickey Calloway. Yeah, and, and, you know, because you and I both know the New York market a little bit, I mean, if you had told me a couple of years ago that it was Matt Harvey taking a run at Mike Puma while Terry Collins was involved, that I would have believed. I mean, you know, all of those guys are, if not agitators, they can get agitate head. But Jason Vargas, not Noah Syndergaard, not, I mean, none of these characters in the play make any sense to me. Well, you know, Jason Vargas is a guy who's been criticized a lot, too, and he probably had his boiling point. I I don't know him that well, so uh, we got to know him a little bit here. Uh, That was quite over the top, and I, I think that what he said uh, with the uh, inc- really incendiary comments, uh, I think that dr- deserves a fine. Mickey's was uh, more in line with what we've heard uh, in the past. I mean, it, ho- thankfully it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes you will see a manager, uh, you know, get to his boiling point and uh, kick a, a writer out, something like that. But uh, uh, Vargas's comments were, were over the top, and uh, that really added to it, did not help things. If he was trying to help, help things, he, he did not help things. Well, and there was some more media versus player slash coach fun over in the Toronto-Boston series. Marcus Stroman uh, was watching the replay of the game when it was done in Boston Sunday, heard Dennis Eckersley call him, or at least his histrionics, a tired act. So Stroman, who's not shy about getting on social media, (laughs) says that's trash, you're a hypocrite, you're a clown, and there is something about kettles and pots in there somewhere. I mean, Dennis Eckersley was pretty demonstrative (laughs) on the mound, too. I understand that. But uh, Stroman and Eckersley, I mean, is that going to be something now, too? Uh, you know, this is the second one. I'm shocked because Dennis Eckersley, one of the nicest guys I ever covered, and I was there when he gave up the home run to Kirk Gibson that we all remember, and he was fantastic about it. Uh, and uh, really a nice, nice man beyond being a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, Stroman did have a little bit of a point because, as you said, Eckersley was quite demonstrative when he'd strike someone out. Now, Eckersley is a Hall of Famer. Also, Eckersley didn't look into the opposing dugout. He kind of pumped his fist. Uh, you know, I guess we're splitting hairs a little bit, but uh, to me, Eckersley uh, w- was not an, it was not offensive. Of course, I wasn't the one in the batter's box. Uh, <laughs> uh, Strowman is quite an interesting character. And, and if anybody can split hairs, Dennis Eckersley's got some of the best salad going. I, I mean, I don't know how <laughs> he old he is, has, 62? Yes. My God, he's got great hair. Uh, <laughs> let's keep it in the AL East here. John, Tampa Bay tried to get Encarnacion, tried to get Kimbrell, 
They went 0 for 2. Do they have to get somebody else, though? Because they're starting to slip a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, I think the Yankees in Boston really have them out. Man, not a surprise. Tampa's done a fantastic job. You, you couldn't have done a much better job with that payroll they have. But obviously their payroll, their revenue is just about at the bottom of baseball. That's not new. And it's caused them to consider what seems on the surface to be crazy, which is to split a season into half Tampa, half Montreal. So, uh, you know, uh, they're in a tough spot. We've always known that. They've done the best that they could. But uh, I, I do think that they are outmanned as as constituted, and they do need to do something uh, and maybe a few somethings to even the playing field a little bit. That, that Tampa Bay-Montreal thing is not happening, right? I mean, this no, is not – does everybody so. understand this is not the Kansas City-Omaha Kings in the NBA in the, in the 1970s? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I mean, they, he was given the go-ahead to look into it. He's obviously a, a desperate, frustrated. I went back and pulled uh, a quote from Stu Sternberg, the owner in 2011 of the Rays, uh, talking about how basically he was at wit's end at that point. That's eight years ago. So – uh, you know, it's been a very frustrating situation, and, uh, you know, he can take a look at anything he wants to look at. But in terms of the fans and the players, uh, to me, that just is a non-starter. It does not work. You cannot split the season up. Let's uh, shimmy over to the AL Central. We're going to try to kind of keep it moving here to make sure that you can get your insider stuff in because there's a lot of stuff I want to ask you about. The Indians, uh, is their window just closing? I mean, is that the best way to put it here? Minnesota is going to win that division, it sure seems mm-hmm. like. What do the Indians do right now? Yeah, I, I think the Indians, there have been a lot of speculation about who they may trade, even Kluber mentioned, but certainly Bauer. Some people have even mentioned Lindor. I, I don't think, I think they'll listen on anything. You know, they're a smart group, but I, I think ultimately they're they're going to hold off and reevaluate it in the winter because uh, that AL wild card is up for grabs, maybe not quite as up for grabs as it is in the NL, but uh, they should be able to grab a wild card or at least certainly compete for it. I don't think they're going to beat out the Twins. Of course, you never know once Kluber comes back and they have all their pieces together. But, you know, I, there'll be a lot of speculation about Hand and even Santana and maybe even Lindor and, and, and Bauer and Kluber and all the rest. But uh, to me, I think they're going to wait ultimately uh, with those big pieces uh, uh, for the winter and they'd be more likely to buy a not an expensive piece, but uh, buy a piece here or there, whether it be an outfielder or something other need. Uh, I, I just it's hard for me to see them selling when they're right in the thick of the race, at least the wild card race. I agree. Big time baseball, the podcast. He's John Heyman. I'm Josh Lewin, Alex Cora, Tori Lovello, Keith Hernandez, all coming up. Uh, AL West, real quick here, John. Houston, incredibly, a seven-game losing streak, their first since 2015. They finally extinguished that on Sunday. The kid, Jordan Alvarez, seven home runs in his first 12 big league games. Altuve's back. Springer should be back soon. Correa and Diaz very close to coming back. They've got a cupcake schedule the next couple of weeks, so the Astros will be okay, right? Yeah, they're going to be just fine. I've said all along they're the team to beat in that league. I think it's going to be Houston and the Dodgers. Now, the Yankees have been so impressive. They've had even more injuries, as we've documented, about 13 guys to the DL including major stars, and we think Severino will come back in mid-July and help them. So, you know, right now I could see a case to be made that the Yankees are the best team, but uh, you you put Correa and Springer back in that Houston lineup and combine it with Alvarez, who's been fantastic, 
you know, they're, they're very tough to beat. And it's a reason that uh, in that division, while Oakland always has a big finish and the Angels certainly have two of the most exciting players in baseball and Trout and Otani, uh, they're in tough spots right there. You mentioned the Angels, and here's Trout with an OPS of 1171. And he goes to St. Louis, and it's like, Mike Trout who? Because Albert Pujols was in town. <laughs> and, and that was amazing, that the love-in for Albert Pujols kind of orchestrated by, by Molina. Yadier Molina was basically the house DJ, just you know, told everybody when they could clap and when they, you know, when they had to stop. <laughs> that was a remarkable series. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis is a baseball town. They love their baseball players. Some other places, when a guy leaves for more money, they, they get kind of mad. But I'm glad to see they haven't forgotten. He brought them, helped bring them two World Series championships, three MVPs he won there. I, I mean, I think he's the only player with 3,000 hits, 600 home runs, and multiple World Series championships. Albert Pujols is an all-time great, and uh, it's good to see that they remember him in a positive way. We've seen other big stars go back to the original team after they've left for more money and get booed. And uh, I, I thought it was very nice. We've been uh, very American League heavy, so I just want to mention this about the National League. The Dodgers are freaking awesome. Uh, the, the three straight Absolutely. walk-offs from three rookies. I mean, really? Really. Incredible. Yeah, they, they case could be made. They have the best team. I, I mean, Ryu was fantastic last year in a in, in the short term that he was available, and now we see he's the Cy Young favorite. Uh, you, you know, you, their starting pitching is outstanding. Uh, they've got all sorts of depth in terms of position players. Uh, I see criticism of the bullpen, and it hasn't been great. If they get that bullpen together, I mean, who knows what they may end up doing. But, uh, you know, I thought they were going to win a World Series for years now, and I think this is the year they really are going to win it, and they certainly are the favorite at this point. John, before we get to Alex Cora, who came up with the Dodgers, some people might remember, uh, your insider segment, I've got a lot of questions for you here. Uh, and, and you mentioned Stroman already. When's he going to get traded? Uh, does he need to be traded? And where, where would he go? Yeah, Stroman is going to be traded. I can't pinpoint the date, but he is certainly out there already. I know the Yankees and other teams have inquired. I have heard from some of those teams that the price is too high at the moment. I don't blame Toronto for asking for a high price. He has certainly put it all t together again. Uh, he's been a little up and down in his career. Obviously, uh, you mentioned he had that tiff with uh, uh, Eckersley. That could be looked at as a positive or a negative. He's certainly a feisty guy, but he, he's been pretty good in big games. He may not be a mad bum in big games, but uh, he won the WBC for USA. Let's not forget that. He had a big game against Texas. So, uh he is certainly out there, and I think he needs to be traded. And I would say the same of Mad Bomb. They, they need to trade him. I've mentioned this, I think, on all of our podcasts. They need to trade him. Uh, the Yankees, I've heard, have a split on, on Bumgarner. Uh, they love, obviously, the fact that he is the greatest postseason pitcher that we've all ever seen, probably. But, I, you know, the Yankees are one of those teams that really relies on analytics, and that's probably the majority of teams these days, and it's certainly served them well. They've done a fantastic job. Urschel has been incredible, and Voigt and LeMayhew, their pickups have all been really good. And I think there's a little bit of a split because the analytics don't say all that much positive, apparently, about Mad Bum and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how hard uh, they go for him. But 
Scherzer's the guy that the Yankees would love to get, but at this point, I'm going to say basically no chance, uh, no way the Nats trade him. They're back in the race. He's uh, had a heroic outing with a broken nose, so I'm just not seeing him being traded, and that would leave uh, Stroman and Mad Bum, who we mentioned, and Boyd, another guy the Yankees and other teams have looked at, and again, his price tag is big as well uh, as, as three of the main guys. One last one, John, before we bring Alex Cora on here. Uh, a thermometer reading for Gabe Kapler in Philadelphia. How's he looking to keep his gig? Yeah, I know things have been tough, and uh, certainly getting uh, swept by the Marlins is, is not a positive, and they've been losing lately. But uh, Gabe Kapler, from what I've heard, is absolutely safe, and he should be. I mean, they are basically they're in the race. I understand Atlanta has made a big and quick move to take a nice lead in that division, but the Phillies are right there in terms of the wild card, at least. They're not out of it for the division, and, uh, you know, basically halfway through the year, and uh, it's too early. Uh, and, I, and I've been critical of Kapler at times in the past, but uh, I concur with this, too, uh, that he deserves and is getting more rope and will not is not on the firing line, at least as of this week. Such a weird division that NL East. Uh, we've talked about the Mets yeah. being down and, exactly. and uh, Keith Hernandez will join us in a little bit. We'll talk more about the Mets, but uh, Alex Cora coming up in just a moment or two. It's radio.com sports presenting big time baseball and we'll have AC after this. Here's a swing and a drive left center field high and deep. This ball is way back. It is long gone and the Red Sox lead for the first time tonight. Seven to six as Xander Bogarts blasts one out. Radio.com Sports presenting Big Time Baseball. It's brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. Let's bring you Alex Cora, who, of course, is in his second season as a Red Sox manager, spent a year in Houston as the Astros bench coach. He's basically a three-time World Series champion because he uh, was with the Red Sox as an infielder in 07. So, Alex, first of all, thanks so much for taking the time. It's, uh, I guess, a little bit of a a schizophrenic team because it seems like just when it seems you've turned a corner, you run into a wall. Is inconsistency maybe the biggest watchword for uh, for this season so far? We we feel that way. Uh, we haven't been consistent in um, a lengthy period of time, and uh, I mean, all depends how you see it. You know, you can see it that you know this is who we are, and we're going to struggle throughout the season, or, or you know what, we we won forty something games and we haven't played well. So uh, that's the way I see it. I think we 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 can get better. We will get better, and uh, you know things are going to start trending in the right direction, and we're going to go on a run and make it very interesting, and, and you know, and do the things that we're supposed to do. You had the best first-year performance ever for a manager: 119 wins, just a special season, incredible managing job, and by the team in the postseason. You know, what would you point to as the one or two things? Uh, that are different about this year. I know a lot of people have suggested, including myself, and I, maybe I'm wrong, is that you know any team that has a special season like that is apt to have a little bit of a hangover. What do you what do you see as the difference uh, between last year and this year to this point? Uh, I think the fifth starter has has hurt us. You know, uh, Nate going in the, on the IL. We haven't found a guy kind of like Brian Johnson and Hector Velasquez last year, who who every five days uh, when Drew was hurt and other guys went. On the on the IL, you know, they they step up and, and gave us quality innings. You know, um, you know, Brian gave us five the other day. Uh, Weber gave us six against Toronto, but besides that, it's been very inconsistent. And it seems like we've been chasing our tail the whole time uh, with the bullpen. You know, we we have those games and they're close games, and we're trying to win it. 
and we use the bullpen. And then, you know, the next two or three days, we're a little bit banged up back there. And also, offensively, for well, great the numbers look, you know, I think we're like second in run score and then second in on base percentage and 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 all that stuff. I think we we haven't been able to put teams teams away. We haven't been consistent with men in scoring position, uh, and and I think that's 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 been the most inconsistent part of our game. Um, I know the numbers suggest something else, but we do feel that that we we need to be better offensively, and uh, I think we will. It's just a matter of uh, you know, stay with process, stay dominating the, the strike zone, and then some of these guys. They're going to get back to who they are, and uh, that's when the fun begins. I want to throw something positive into the sandbox to play with here for a second, Alex, because, you know, the team is still above 500. They haven't wiped out or anything. Uh, you and I have talked about this, that in your previous incarnation as a talking head on ESPN, you kind of put your neck out when you first saw Xander Bogarts developing and said you actually tweeted out that you thought this guy was Manny Machado, and you took a lot of crap <laughs> back then because nobody really quite believed it yet. Turns out you were kind of right. And uh, Rafael Devers, at 22, is having this breakout season as well, so you've got to love the left side of your infield. Yeah, uh, both of them have been amazing. Uh, we made a, a huge commitment uh, with Xander, and uh, you, you can see it. You know, this kid, you know, uh, um, day in and day out, he shows up. And uh, offensively, he's one of the best shortstops in the league. He's very consistent defensively, and he plays every day. Uh, and and we're very very happy with the way uh, he's performing. Very proud of the way he's uh, he's acting in the clubhouse and on the field and off the field, which is uh, what you expect, you know, when you make these commitments. Uh, and then, you know, he hits third, he hits fourth, he hits fifth, you know, and he drives the ball. He can hit 330 if he wants to. But I think he rather hits 300 and drive the ball all over the place, which is uh, outstanding. With Rafi, you know, a lot of people thought that defensively um, he wasn't going to be able to make the adjustments. And, and I think when you have good feet, good hands, and good instincts, yeah, it just takes time, you know. And uh, we a lot of people take him for granted. You know, he's only 22. Um, Adrian Beltra made 30 errors in his rookie season, and everybody knows who Adrian um he is, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame as one of the greatest defensive third basemen in the in the history of the game. I'm not saying Rafi is, is, is uh, Adrian, but patience, you know, it works. And offensively, early in the season, he wasn't driving the ball, but he was dominating strike zone. The walks were up, and it was just a matter of time for him to start hitting the ball in the air and 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 and, and start doing damage. And um, he's been great. You know, the last three days he hasn't played, and you see it. You know, you see it that uh, he's a huge part of what we. We do on a daily basis, and uh, he'll be back tonight uh, in the lineup. He feels a lot better, and um, you know, with him, it, it's fun to talk about him because not too many people recognize him as one of the best uh, offense, um, third basemen in the big leagues. But uh, for us, he's one of them. Expectations are always huge in Boston, particularly coming off of that season where you win the 119 games. But uh, you know, people can get a little bit negative when things aren't going perfectly. I think you're the perfect guy for that. But you know, I've seen on Twitter, and who knows about Twitter, last couple of days, people suggesting uh, Boston's not off to the great start. They need to sell. I mean, that's not happening, right? You guys are going <laughs> for it. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. You're going for it, and if you, assuming you are going for it, you know, you said mentioned the offense has been inconsistent. Everybody would point the, to the pen as the 
place to beef up because you certainly don't have the names there. Is is there anything specifically you would you would look at as a, something to acquire? Because I I see you as a buyer, not a seller, despite what it's no. I mean, health is the first thing we 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 have to, and I'm not complaining about it because there's other teams, you know, like New York. They they've been through a lot and they play an outstanding baseball, and uh, the 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 Rays the same thing. But uh, you know, with Henry coming back, whenever he's coming back, Nate coming back, and since Stephen Wright coming uh, back from his suspe- uh, suspension, there we'll know a little bit more about our pitching staff. Um, you know, last year Stephen going into the playoffs, everybody was talking about him, how important he was going to be, and we lose him right before Game One of the ALDS, and you know um, he didn't pitch, but we we did a good job. So um, I think you know having those those guys back whenever they come back is going to give us a, a better idea. Where where are we gonna go? But uh, you know, we we still in the hunt. You know, we we do feel that um, at four at five over five hundred or whatever it is, we've been you know not not as great as uh, we feel we can be, and uh, and that's that's a I mean that's a positive. You know, if we're playing this bad and win five over five hundred, I think when we become a, a really good team, we. We're going to start dominating, and we'll see where it takes us. And because nothing happens in a vacuum, it's not just Red Sox. It's Red Sox and Yankees, or even now the Rays, of course. But it's Red Sox and Yankees a long way away from Fenway. Technically home <laughs> games this weekend, but off you go to London. And it just it sounds like more than anything, it's simply a business trip. I mean, these are two games against the Yankees. This is not just some exhibition. Yeah, I mean, um, for for us, and we talked about it a few days ago, um, you know, we got the families going, and, there's some people that are going early, returning late, and all that stuff. But it's two important games. That, that's great about you know, uh, you know, expanding the game and then people to see these two great teams playing all the way over there in London. But at the same time, both teams know that they're important games, and uh, you know, we, we're going over there and and play the way we, we're capable of, and then we have to turn the page because then we have Toronto and then we have Detroit, and some of us have to go to Cleveland. So you know, pack in for like. Like three weeks, I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of suitcases here in the apartment. So we got to be ready for that. And uh, we'll have a blast doing it. I wanted to ask you, there's been there were so many managerial changes uh, in your year. And uh, you seem to have a, a choice. I think the Mets were interested in you as well. Uh, you know, uh, to me, you're, you're a managerial savant. You joke about the fact you, you say you weren't a great student. But in terms of baseball, uh, I think everybody knows your baseball IQ is so high. Uh, did, you, did you know that this was, I mean, you're in Boston. That's not easy. Uh, how has it been for you? How have you made it look so easy? And uh, how did you know to pick, uh, you saw what's going on in New York right now. How did you know to pick the Red Sox instead of the Mets? Well, uh, Dave Dombrowski made the call before the, the Mets did. You know, uh, the phone call I got from Dave was like, uh, let's get this done. And then a few days later, I got a, a call from Sandy saying that they were moving in, in a different direction. So, uh, Things happen for a reason. One thing for sure, and uh, and Josh knows it is is balance, man. Uh, I, I found out a few years ago uh, that you have to create balance and to enjoy everything in life, you know. And and right now, I got my kids here. We have family day yesterday. We didn't cancel family day because we lost yesterday. Actually, we 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 had a blast doing it. And you have to be <clears throat> stay stay in the moment, you know. Don't don't get too high. Don't get too low. Uh, understand the organization, and as you guys know, we have a great organization. We have great ownership, a great uh, uh, president of baseball operations. So we'll be fine, you know. And uh, that's the way I see it, you know. Uh, and then just be ready for the challenge, you know. I, I do believe that 
although uh, Booney and I didn't quote unquote pay the dues in the minor league system, you know the years that we play, uh, we 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 work in in with the media, you know, and, and ESPN and and all the other outlets help us to understand where we work. And and you see Booney, what's he doing in New York? He's, he's been amazing. He was amazing last year. Uh, people talk about. They failed last year. Not really. They won 100 games. It's just that we have a historic season, and we were better than them, and look what he's doing this year. So uh, we were prepared for this. We understand the market. We understand that there's a producer behind every show or every uh, – there's uh, somebody writing a headline, and it's, we don't take it personal. We understand it's part of the business, and, uh, you know, we, we try to be as polite as possible and answer the questions, and – and then and I move on from there. Thank you so much, buddy. Have fun in London. We will. Thank you. See you guys. I appreciate it. And we'll keep with the managerial theme. We've got Tori Lavello coming up in just a little bit. It's the uh, podcast that we hope you really like a lot because we really like giving it to you. It's called Big Time Baseball from Radio.com Sports. Tim LaCastro now a chance to be a hero. He's walked the Diamondbacks off with a hit this year. Let's see if he can do it right now. And a line drive base hit. Diamondbacks walk it off on the Locastro single. They beat the Giants this afternoon, 3-2-10. We continue with great managers of baseball. That's kind of our segment uh, theme here today. We've heard from Alex Cora, who interviewed for the Arizona Diamondbacks job. Tori Lavallo's got the gig instead, and, and what a great gig that is. It's a really interesting team. A real yo-yo of a season, I think, though, Tori. You guys uh, you lost 7-9, of nine, and that was right on the heels of winning 7-8. of eight. You guys have had three losing streaks of five-plus, so that neutralizes four winning streaks of at least four. It's a lot of ups and downs, isn't it? Yeah, well, first of all, it's good to be with you guys, and I appreciate the time. Um, and it is. And, uh, you know, during the baseball season, you budget for moments like that. I think that, you know, those those swings are are, are a little bit uh, greater than we, we, we talk about. But, uh, you know, the beauty of what we've done during those good and bad times, we've stuck together. We've We've um, we haven't pointed fingers, which is easy to do when you've lost six games in a row when things aren't going good and you want to experience the good times. Uh, we've we've continued to be accountable to one another, and I think that's what would allow has allowed us to come out of it. It's certainly frustrating. Nobody likes to lose six games in a row at anything you're doing. Uh, we 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 battled through those tough times, and it's good to see these guys come out the other end. Yesterday was a tremendous win for us in a walk-off fashion. And hopefully it's a catalyst for good results for what we go through today. We've got the Dodgers coming to town, and we've got to be ready to go. You guys certainly have battled, and I, I've seen some people say you're the manager of the year, considering you lost Goldie, Corbin, Pollock in the winter. That's a lot to lose going into a season. And now, and I'm adding to the speculation, there's more speculation that Arizona, uh, even though you're in the race, could end up being a seller as it continues to sort of rebuild Uh I wouldn't want to call it a full rebuild because your team isn't isn't bad. How, how do you handle that in terms of the clubhouse with all that speculation going on? And where do you see this team right now? From the metal side, from from the shoulders up, everybody um, yes, at times can let their mind get in their get in the way. And what we talk about every single day is focusing on today and focusing on the moment, taking care of our business. And you know, this this obviously has been speculation since since we we did trade those guys in the off season that what's going to be a sell off and and a rebuild, but that's not the case. Our front office does a tremendous job of, of accomplishing a lot of good things um, every single day while trying to push ahead and push forward and trying to win baseball games. That's all I think about, you know, uh, in a very tenacious way. I go, I go about my work the, the same way, whether we have um, 
the names that you just mentioned on our ball club or the names that we, we, we have on our, currently have on our ball club. We feel like we have a, a, a very complimentary team that's going to go out there and play baseball games and win baseball games. And if it comes to the point where we want to add in, I think the front office will do that. And if it gets to a point where the front office decides that it's going to back up on us, they'll make that decision as well. I, we haven't had any of those discussions, to be honest with you. We, we, um, uh, we have been forging ahead, pushing ahead, talking about how we're going to stay in this and make something special happen here. This is a good group of players that believes in one another. It's very special to walk into that clubhouse and see the culture that's created. And I, I love the fact that, that these guys are talking about winning baseball games. That's all we talk about every single day. Tori Lavello is joining us. It's Radio.com sports presentation of Big Time Baseball. And uh, Tori, with, I guess I'll put it to you this way. If there was a, a Diamondbacks fan that uh, just like left the country or something for a year or was in a coma, uh, and they come back and they're told no more Goldschmidt, no more Corbin, no more Pollock, and then they get over that. But then they also find out that Steven Souza is going to have season-ending surgery. Jake Lamb has been out for all but five games. So I think their first question is, well, who's left? I mean, or, or who came up? So can you educate, I guess, kind of a, a casual baseball fan that might not know some of the new names? You've had a lot of cool young players, plus a guy in Cattell Marte, who all of a sudden is doing things that nobody thought he could. Well, yeah, um, you're right. If, if you were to, to fast-forward and say this was going to be the situation we were in last year, uh, you, would, you would say you know, we wouldn't have a chance. Those are some really, really good names that you just ran off, and, and they're going to be great players for their new teams. And then we have some of the athletes that are still with us that are healing and hopefully going to get back just as soon as possible. But we've had some guys step up, and that's what we, that's what we started to outline in spring training is it's, it's their turn, it's their time to step up into that new role, that new situation that will allow them to uh, become the leaders of, of this culture and this ball club. Um, you know, it's guys like Nick Ahmed and David Peralta that go out every single day that have been here and learned as understudies of the names that are now, now moved on that are doing a great job of filling in. And Gerard Dyson, who's had um, some winning baseball seasons and won a world championship with the Kansas City Royals, those guys have stepped up, stepped up and done a great job and, and filled roles uh, as far as being a leader. But as, as far as performance, Cattell Marte stands head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, he and Eduardo Escobar two of our offensive leaders and catalysts um, are carrying this team offensively. But Cattell in, in particular has done, has done an amazing job of transitioning from a young up-and-coming up prospect, somebody that's going to be counted on to do special things into, right now into, into the middle of being one of the best players in the National League. For me, he's got 20 home runs. He's, he's uh, the final three for the second base position in the All-Star game, so he's being recognized by, by the rest of the by the rest of the country is one of these elite players and he goes out every single day and carries us. And, uh, he does it in a very special way and we're enjoying that talent. The fans of Arizona got to realize that we see a very special player performing here every single day. Tori, you're managing a collection of very young players at this point, but I want to ask you about, uh, one of your rare, very veteran players. And that's Zach Granke. I, I just find him so fascinating. I see him in spring training every year when I go out there, throwing 83, 84 miles an hour and thinking we're nearing the end. And here he is, one of the best five starters in, in the league uh, this year. And uh, just an interesting character who's so honest that he said he'd prefer not to throw a no-hitter because he didn't want to draw attention. And I've heard that he just loves it. He's got a 15-team no-trade, but he apparently loves it so much. I don't know if it's playing for you or being in the desert or what, or what that uh, he doesn't want to leave no matter what. Uh, 
What's your take on on Zach Granke? You know, and you know, I failed to mention to, to the portion of the question earlier about the reason for our success, and then the, then there's the constants that have been here. Guys like Zach Granke and uh, and Robbie Ray have have shored up a portion of our bullpen, including Merrill Kelly, who's been a great addition as well. But um, yeah, Zach, and, and this, you know, the way the way that you're framing and shaping it, I can't say enough good things about about Zach. You're right. He knows exactly what he's got to get to every single day. There's a purpose for his days. Um, and then there's a brilliance to how he goes out and performs. It's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, if he were a quarterback, I think he would be somebody like Tom Brady. Um, he is so particular about things and making everything perfect and driving pitches into certain spots with certain velocities and certain depths or, or movements um, as good as anybody I've ever been around. And it's not by accident that he has success. So, you're right. Uh, there is a process. He doesn't doesn't really mind about spring training uh, numbers. He wants to go out there and solidify his delivery, and he'll throw 15 straight fastballs in a game between 86 and 87 miles an hour, working on his delivery and finishing the pitches and, and knowing that eventually that will probably climb to what it is right now, and he's sitting at 99-1. It's very, very constant. And then the secondary stuff off of that is unbelievable. So it's the work ethic, it's the process, it's the trust that he has in his teammates, the trust that he has in his coaching staff when he gets information. He goes out there and uses it. He dominates. He's having a tremendous year, and it's not by accident. One of the great UCLA Bruins of all time, Tori Lavallo, joining us on Big Time Baseball. And, uh, hey, continued success, Tori. It's been an interesting season. It's a really interesting division. Nothing but the best for you and your guys. I, I appreciate the time, you guys. I'll see you soon. You got it. That's Tori Lavallo and uh, more big names still to come. Keith Hernandez will join us on the show as well. I don't know if you guys have been around Tito or asked him questions, but he's the best there is at knowing what the media needs. And he respects y'all's job and that y'all are trying to do your job every single day. He's relaxed and, and gives you guys the answers and I will do the same thing. We're finishing up our segment here, the very last segment on Big Time Baseball, presented by Radio.com Sports with the great, the one and only author, raconteur, broadcaster, on Seinfeld, the Keith Hernandez uh, portion of our podcast today. We don't even have time to, to bust stones about Seinfeld. There's so much going on with the Mets right now, even though there's a Jerry Seinfeld day coming up uh, that everybody's very excited about at City Field. Uh, Keith, right now, obviously, all the talk in New York, and we've been batting it around ourselves, is uh, Mickey Gate or Tim Healy Gate or, or whatever you want to classify it as. What, what a, another weird twist and turn to the, the Met soap opera. Driving down to Philly yesterday, and just um, obviously when, I, when the game was over, I turned off the radio and uh, all the fireworks came after. So, you know, it's unfortunate because, you know, the Mets have, looking at a team standpoint, and not all through the controversy, um, is that this team has struggled mightily on the road. And they finally, they got, they won a game in Atlanta, lost two, got beat up pretty bad, the two losses. And they go into Wrigley Field against one of the better teams in the National League, and they play, a, they, they have a chance to win three out of four. And leaving town even though they lost in that way which happens i mean lugo has been very good and you know baez is very good too he had a three-run home run on 0-2 count uh they could have very easily won three out of four uh going to philly against a philly team now that is really struggling and really feeling good about themselves 
uh, even with the loss, the fact that they went in there and split and had, you know, three out of four within their grasp, they had to get on that plane feeling good about themselves. And this just kind of puts a cloud over it. Uh, it was ill-advised, Ill ill-timed. Um, I hope that the well isn't poisoned uh, as far as relations with the media and, and, and these young players. There's a, around four, a nucleus of four very young players on this team that are very good future for this ball club. And they're going to be here a long while. But, you know, I am 30, 30 years removed from baseball, and guess what? The media and the press are still here, and they're going to be here 30 years from now. And it's part of a job uh, to get along with the media and, and, and be cooperative with the media. And it's just very unfortunate, and I just hope it doesn't leave uh, – it doesn't spill over in this series against Philly with, with any bad feelings uh, from the, the, with the players here. They can't – it, it, it's a big distraction right now. It has to be. Keith, uh, it's John Heyman here. Uh, you were legendarily great with the media. Now you're one of the, if not the best, analyst uh, going in uh, Major League Baseball. And I know you weren't there and I wasn't there. Uh, the, the phrase that triggered all this appears to be from Tim Healy, the Mets beat writer for Newsday. Uh, after the interview, he said, which sounds simple to us, but, uh, you know, if you, I guess you had to be there in, in a sense. I don't know. See you see you tomorrow, Mickey. And I, I guess Mickey, wondering how many tomorrows he had left, didn't take it right. Uh, you're a veteran of decades in clubhouses. Uh, could you see how that could be? Because many of us or many people who haven't been in clubhouses couldn't see how that could be taken uh, so terribly. Uh, could you see that? And also, I know the Mets want to make this a one or two day story. Uh, what I'm wondering now is, can you see this having a happy ending in terms of the Callaway tenure at this point? Um, obviously, Mickey took it as a snide remark. And obviously, Healy said was totally innocent. So um, I, not being there, I really can't comment on it. Um, Obviously, I think that Mickey has been kind of, you know, it's managing in New York is, is, is tough. And, you know, the bullpen has not been good. It's been pretty awful. And, you know, no matter who you bring in, it's like Mickey's the damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. You know, it's always about the end result. And, uh, you know, the bullpen has just been really, really a bad uh, and cost them a lot of ball games, and here again, it cost them another, and by one of their most reliable relievers. Uh, can this be patched up? Well, hopefully, there's there's adults in the room on both sides, and uh, I think everybody wants to get along. No one wants to be at odds with each other. Um, to me, I'm more concerned about how this young team how it's going to affect that clubhouse and how is it going to affect the relations with the media here. I mean, I don't know what the heck Vargas was thinking, getting a stick in his nose in there. Uh, that certainly wasn't helpful. Hey, Keith, real quick, because you mentioned getting along with people. And for those that, that don't know the SNY booth that you're a part of, that's the biggest thing you guys got going. I mean, not only is it three really talented announcers, but now that Ronnie Darling is back, thank goodness, and, and in better health, can you talk to us about that dynamic, Gary Cohen, one of the really great play-by-play -play guys ever, 2,000 games in the Mets booth, which is pretty cool. So you get to be with Gary, you get to be with Ronnie again, the whole band is back together again, so there's got to be some positivity just going to work every day. Uh, certainly, we're very concerned about Ron's health, of 
course. You know, I was diagnosed with the cancer, and uh, it's very, very troublesome. That's not a good thing to have, and uh, we're glad to have him back. He's in great spirits. He's he's, uh, he's in good shape. Uh, I think I've been listening to the broadcast. He's not going to be here in Philly. He's off this series, so I guess it'll be Gary and I. But, you know, our broadcast, I think, is just – I think the Wilpons and, and Josh, you were here for more than a few years in the radio with Howie. And, um, you know, Fred, got to give Fred Wilpon credit that Fred, when we started SNY, uh, one of a truthful, uh, non-cheerleading broadcast. And uh, we have never been censored. And we kind of tell the fan base the truth because New York fans are very savvy. And I think that they take to that. And I think that we're fair. Uh, it does at times maybe rankle a few players. I was young once and I was very sensitive to criticism when I was struggling and trying to get my feet wet in the big leagues. Uh, and as I became a veteran and, and became a professional, uh, I knew what I was a major leaguer. You know, I never listened to any of the criticisms that came. And most of the time when the criticism came, you know, I made a bad play in the field or I'm in a slump and okay, I know I'm going to come out of a slump. I know I'm going to make errors. You try to keep everything at a minimum and I know I'm going to go forward and play the play at the top of top, uh, you know, at, at a high level. But when you're young, you're more sensitive to criticism. So uh, it's tough playing in New York. It's just a little bit different. It's not like playing in the Midwest. Uh, New York is a tough place to play. Some guys can play there, and some guys can't. Keith, I, I was so glad that Josh asked that question. I think you guys are the best team of broadcasters going. Just a, a great dynamic between the, all three of you. It's just incredible. And uh, you are so honest, uh, as you mentioned, and it's terrific that the Wilpons let you say what you believe. And uh, you mentioned the, the bullpen is something that hasn't helped uh, so far. Is there anything else you can put your finger on about this team? Because they, they were expecting... Uh, to be the favorite uh, from what they said, at least Brody Van Wagenen said that out loud early. Uh, what else beside the bullpen uh, would you would you say needs improvement right now? Well, I said that uh, the, in spring training, the key was uh, Wheeler uh, in, in, in the starting rotation, and he has struggled. He's pitched a really terrific game uh, of late, but he hasn't pitched up to that second half he had last year. It can't all be put on the shoulders of DeGrom and Syndergaard, uh, and they've gotten better pitching from Vargas. Vargas has pitched great. That's been a big surprise, a pleasant surprise. You know, uh, offensively, ups and downs, Cano has been hurt. you got Syndergaard hurt now. Uh, I just know from playing, I've played on teams with good pitching and, you know, average hitting, and i played on teams with no pitching and great hitting. And nothing's more demoralizing than when you have, you know, a, a pitching staff that can't hold a lead, and no matter how many runs you score, and you lose games like the Mets have lost late, it's very demoralizing. Uh, so um, I just—they don't have a left-hander in the bullpen, which is be in the major leagues is just beyond me. How you can't have a left-hander? I know Wilson, Justin Wilson, is, is hurt right now and been on the DL for quite some time, but. To have uh, not have a left-hander in the bullpen, to me is I mean, it, it just it, it can't happen. You got to have it's someone out there to get a left-handed out. You got to find it somewhere. But you know, all in all, I think this team has a good uh, future. Uh, Alonso, uh, Rosario, Conforto, 
And I'm trying to think of the next. Oh, McNeil, of course. So you got two left-hand hitters and two right-hand hitters, and they're all going to be there. And you got one big bomber, two big bombers from the left and right side, and I think that's fantastic. So uh, we'll see what happens. Rome wasn't built in a day. This is Van Wagenen's first year. Everybody's been critical. The team has not played up to snuff, but – you know, it takes a while for teams to meld, and um, there'll be other changes down the road. So I'm optimistic about the Mets' future. That's Keith Hernandez. Uh, Keith, as always, thank you, buddy. We talked a lot of Mets on the podcast today, and nobody better to talk Mets with than you. So appreciate it, as always. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Okay, guys. You take care. All right. That's cool. Always great to, to catch up with Keith. I don't know. Maybe we will get some Seinfeld in with Keith some other time, but uh, – this was a lot of Mets on this podcast. Uh, I, I hope you found it worth it. We also got some Alex Cora in there for you, for you Red Sox fans and a former Red Sox uh, guy on the coaching staff, Tori Lavallo. So a big Red Sox component to this one today. But thanks to Tori, thanks to Alex, thanks to Keith. John Heyman, thank you, buddy. Uh, I'm actually going to be off to Europe, and uh, I will not be on the podcast with you next week. But I'm leaving it in good hands with you. So uh, sorry I'm not taking you with me to, to foggy London town, but we'll talk soon. We'll miss you. Have a great time. Thank you, pal. And uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in as you continue to do. Hopefully you've subscribed to it and you're looking forward to it every week. We like to call it Big Time Baseball, presented by Radio.com Sports. It's brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. For John Heyman, I am Josh Lewin. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball. Brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. Josh Lewin and John Heyman will be back next week diving into the latest across Major League Baseball. See you later! This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.